I'm drinking this beer. It's delicious. Do you know what people don't get to drink when they're in prison? Beer. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So, so I know, like, honestly, I, like, fucking teed that one up, and I'm pretty sure that's a hole-in-one. So... <laughs> Anywho, uh, you have just tuned in to the Tether Radio Podcast. This is uh, episode 85 of Untethered. And Allie has decided that she is going to make Larry and I look terrible by taking it upon herself to actually create an episode by herself yeah. and just fucking get us learned. Educate y'all fools. Yeah. <laughs> About the Stanford prison experiment. We are going in blind because, I don't know, apparently we both live under rocks. Mm-hmm. Maybe the same I've rocks. I've surveyed Similar a handful rocks. of people and it seems yeah. like I'm I'm gonna say one in four people that I've asked knows about this. So this kind of went under the radar so, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, this is from the '70s, so like we missed it. But yeah. like yeah. I I was just taught this like multiple times in different classes. Well, really? I was wondering why yeah. I didn't remember this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so but, fascinating, and I brought it up because a few weeks ago when I ca- when I talked about the Perfect Match show, yeah, they referenced this, and I was like, that is so extreme. What? So please keep that in mind when we're oh talking about God. this. Like this has no. And you, no. Did you already crush? Did you crush? I watched the whole thing. Yeah, yeah you crushed perfect. Yeah, there's uh, okay. there's nothing in there about oppression beast. or prison or no. uh, you, being no. held against your what? No, no, no. Do you do anything at like a normal pace? No. Do, do you watch shows at times two speed? No, no. Oh, did I tell you guys? <laughs> no, I think I told you what? guys about this. That I'd heard on a podcast that they were they were saying that listening to podcasts at like one point two five or one point five is making people more anxious and making them I did, I did see that. Yeah, see and that. making making them less patient with mm-hmm. other people in their lives, mm-hmm. like friends, family, kids, whatever. Because I really thought about I don't yeah. think I do that. Like I don't I, think I, so. I don't think I do. Yeah. And I listen to podcasts a lot, and I listen yeah. to all of them at normal speed. Yeah. I just speed up audiobooks. Audiobooks, I understand, because, God, it's a single the fucking narrator. pregnant pauses, man. Oh like, it's a single narrator, and, uh, like, podcasts are... you. The podcasts I listen to are two or three people. So. Yeah. And, like, if I sped that up, my head would just be spinning. Yeah. Yeah. Who's even speaking? I feel like two people talking back and forth yeah. naturally talk a little quicker. Yeah. So, like... No. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> okay. Do we want to get into it? <sighs> yeah. All right. <laughs> if you would like to follow along as you listen or look up pictures later or reread the whole fucking thing later, you can. Um, if you just Google Stanford Prison Experiment, there's a really detailed Wikipedia, but I'm taking my notes from their website that's like written kind of bloggy by yeah. the professor that put on this experiment. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, which that comes right up in a Google search too, but it's prison exp.org. Um, I have a couple notes on if, if the Daniel, if you're clicking on my link, yeah. most of that's their stuff. My notes are just in brackets. Wait, can, I, okay. can I ask something real quick before we get started? Yeah. Um, since, since it's the person who performed the experiment posting, was this deemed legal? This experiment? Yes. Okay. All right. I just didn't know if it was like, uh, 
Oh, like almost like CIA kind yeah, of shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, no, this Black was Ops. done at, at yeah. Stanford by uh, a oh, professor. and It's called yeah. Stanford. Yeah. Yeah, they, and they the don't. Navy funded it. Of course. Uh, dude, honestly, it all goes back to our military. Sure does. <laughs> we got to spend those $580 trillion Jesus, somehow. dude. It is insane to me, like, the amount of money. It, it literally is like... I want to say eight hundred billion. Yeah, it's something I something can't like think that about. is like the Pentagon's like budget. Yeah, and yeah. that they can't account for I don't know more than like a couple billion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, um, no, another another podcast. <laughs> so this whole thing starts out and it says, "What happens when you put good people in an evil place? Does humanity win over evil, or does evil triumph?" There, these are some of the questions that we posed in this dramatic simulation of prison life conducted in nineteen seventy one at Stanford University. So um, their planned two-week investigation into the psychology of prison life had to be ended after only six days because of what the situation was doing to the college students who participated. So shooting for two weeks uh-huh. ended Didn't up even make six it a week. days. Yep. Wow. In okay. only a few days, our guards became sadistic and our prisoners became depressed and showed signs of extreme stress. <laughs> so every millennial- I'm laughing because it's so insane. So like every millennial ever... But no. But well, so no. But there, this is my question. Like, so these guards, you'll get into it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, answer, I'll ask questions. questions. I'll yeah, ask questions. Yeah, later. yeah ask as yeah. we go. Um, the story is written in first person by the professor that put it on. Uh, yep. His name was Philip Zimbardo. I, I, he's still alive. I don't know what I said was. Uh, I was curious. He changed his I... name because he's so embarrassed by what he fucking <laughs> did to these college kids. His original name was Dr. Mangala. Mandolin. Mandalorian. So I was just curious and I did the math. He was 38 at the time of the study, but he had taught already at Yale, NYU, and Columbia. Then he was at Stanford for like three years before this experiment. Damn, so, how old is he now? Like, Fucking uh, he was 90? born in 33, yeah. so yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. About to be 90, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, this is to be 90. No, he's gonna be 100 in like two years. No, 30, 33. Oh, no, never mind. We're 23. <laughs> Damn it, my math 33, is not 23. Great. Hmm. Um, when this episode comes out, I think his birthday will be the next day because I think it said his birthday was March 25th. Anyway, <laughs> what? <sighs> anyway, so on a Sunday in 1971 in Palo Alto, California, a police car picked up some college students as part of a mass arrest for armed robbery and burglary. Each suspect was picked up at home, charged, read his rights, searched, cuffed, and then put in the back of a cop car with the sirens on. <laughs> a lot of their neighbors saw. Uh, the suspect was, these were real cops that fake arrested him. Yeah. Uh, a lot of their neighbors saw the suspect was then brought into the station, formally booked, read his Miranda rights again, fingerprinted, ID'd, and then was taken to a holding cell and just left there blindfolded. Uh, what they had done was... That seems a little out of the ordinary. Yeah. It's, 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 it's her, like, just wait. <laughs> just wait. Was a little. They, they, they dripped acid on his feet. I don't know why. They just thought it'd be cool. Listen, there are reasons this got caught. There was a black site for some reason. I don't uh, what? Okay, I'm already like, what uh-huh. is happening? Also, this just gets referred to a lot to just be like, normal people in weird situations lose their shit. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, so what these suspects had done was to answer a local newspaper ad calling for volunteers in a study of the psychological effects, psychological effects of prison life. 
We wanted to see what the psychological effects were of becoming a prisoner or a prison guard. To do this, we set up a simulated prison. We carefully noted the effects of this institution on the behavior of all those within the walls. So they had about 70 people apply. They took those people and they gave them diagnostic interviews, personality tests. So they were trying to eliminate candidates with psychological problems, mm-hmm. medical disabilities, or a history of crime or drug use. Jokes on them. There aren't any people without any of that. Yeah. In the 70s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they end up with a sample of 24 college students from the U.S. and Canada who happened to be in the Stanford area and wanted to earn $15 a day, which I mathed out now is oh. about one eleven a day. Hmm. Better than jury duty. Yeah. <laughs> which is still, what, like eight bucks a day or something? God. Uh, so on and you got to pay for your own hotel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you pay for parking. Yeah. So on, on all the things that they were able to test or observe, these people had reacted normally. So just remember, we, we've already tried to weed out anybody that we think might not yeah. do great. Okay. Too bad. <laughs> uh, so these boys were arbitrarily dis- divided into two groups by the flip of a coin. Half were randomly assigned to be prison guards and okay, half to be Okay, real quick. Prisoners. Sorry. You yep. said these boys. Are we talking They're about all boys. males? They're all boys. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. making yeah. sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, sorry. They're all they're all healthy, intelligent, middle-class males. Gotcha. Mm. Uh, half of them assigned to be guards, half to be prisoners. It's important to remember at the beginning of our experiment, there were no differences between boys assigned to be prisoners and boys assigned to be guards. That, this is going to be fascinating. It is. It yeah. so is. Uh, so they had some consultants. They had a former prisoner who was their like main consultant. Uh, he had served nearly 17 years behind bars. He gave them an idea of what it was like to be a prisoner. Uh, he introduced them to other ex-convicts and correctional personnel. They had like a whole summer school class that they taught about the psychology of imprisonment. I cannot imagine <laughs> being in <laughs> prison yeah. For 17 years. No. Much less like some of these people that like, yeah. you know, it's like life senses. Yeah. That it's like, I've been behind bars longer than I've been in, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I, Happens a lot. It's, it's, I, I just don't, I, I'll never, well, I hope I never uh, yeah. understand it, you know. Yeah. No, but it's a mess. Anyway. Uh, so the prison was constructed, they boarded up each end of a corridor in the basement of the psych department building at Stanford. They called that corridor the yard, and it was the only outside place where prisoners were allowed to walk, eat, or exercise, except to go to the toilet down the hallway, which prisoners did blindfolded so as not to know the way out of the prison. Big fans of blindfolds here. Yeah, well, like, so... uh, Okay. They don't do that usually in normal prisons. Right. Like, yeah. No, no. And that's kind real, of what I'm real all, like. That's not, this is like. Yeah. So we're already <laughs> weird. We're already weird. Okay. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. Okay. So we're on the same page. Yep. Got it. Cool. Cool. So cool. to create the prison cells, we took the doors off some laboratory rooms. We replaced them with specially made doors with steel bars and cell numbers. At one end of the hall was a small opening through which we could video videotape and record the events that occurred. And on this website, there's a lot of, like, pictures and stuff. Um, Obviously, that doesn't translate onto podcasts, but it's interesting to look at. Uh, On one side of the corridor opposite of the cells was a small closet, which became the hole or solitary confinement. It was dark and very confining, about two feet wide and two feet deep, but tall enough that a bad prisoner could stand up. Hmm. Uh, There were no windows or clocks to judge the passage of time. So that fucked up some people with like time distortion. That would immediately later. fuck with Absolutely. me. Absolutely, yeah. So, 
Um, each prisoner was systematically searched and stripped naked. He was then deloused with a spray to convey our belief that he may have germs or lice. The lice hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the lice hate the sugar. <laughs> Nine out of ten lice agree. I love yeah. super troopers. Yeah, right. Uh, a degradation pro- procedure was designed in part to humiliate prisoners and in part to be sure they weren't bringing any germs in to contaminate the jail. Uh, similar to how actual prisons were doing, at least at the time. Mm-hmm. Prisoner was issued a uniform, so this is neat. All of this is neat. All I'm going to keep saying that. <laughs> the main part of the uniform was a smock, like a short dress, which each prisoner wore at all times with no underclothes. On the smock, in the front and the back, was his prison ID number. On each prisoner's right ankle was a heavy chain, bolted on, worn at all times. They had rubber sandals. Each prisoner covered his hair with a cap made from a nylon stocking. They dress these people up like like fucking Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. Dragging the fucking chain around. Your your business was money, Ebenezer, but you should have been people. So they were trying to create a functional simulation of a prison, not a literal prison. Mm -hmm. Real prisoners don't wear smocks, but they do feel controlled and at times humiliated. Our goal was to produce similar efforts quickly by putting men in a smock without any underclothes. And as soon as a lot of them were put in these uniforms, they started to walk differently and sit differently and hold themselves differently. Sure, your jump's well, almost yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah just okay. freeballing it. Um, the oh. chain on their foot, also uncommon in most prisons, was used in order to remind them of the oppressiveness of their environment. So, like, even so in it's your not, sleep. It's not both feet, it's just it's one It's just foot? a chain, but it's, like, really heavy. Yeah. And it's, like you're just going to be conscious of it all the time. Like, it's going to yeah. be like a physical, you know, like even in your sleep, you're going to like yeah. move in your sleep and be like, what the fuck was that? You know? Oh, and it's, oh, wow. They, they it's wear even, it all the time. okay, yeah. got it, got it. Okay. Uh, the use of the ID numbers was a way to make prisoners feel anonymous. Each prisoner had to be called only by his ID number and could only refer to himself and the other prisoners by their number. The stocking cap on the head was a substitute for having the prisoner's hair shaved off, which was a regular thing at the time. So, so a lot of this is really trying to get... It's like trying to put that feeling on yeah. steroids so that they can accomplish it in two weeks versus so. having to do multiple months or yeah. something, years kind of thing. Okay. And the um, the whole thing about having your head shaved, that yeah. is in part to minimize each person's individuality mm. and uh, to kind of get people to just get used to complying with <sighs> arbitrary bullshit things that yeah. they're giving you. Hold up. A lot of this is starting to sound like boot camp. Yeah, dude. Well, time out. One, you, Go ahead, you get your sorry. head shaven off. You, all your possessions are taken away. You you are only allowed to wear this specific thing. Um, certain things you're not allowed. You like you have to earn. So you don't start out with boots. You start out with tennis shoes and a fucking glow belt around you. Anyway, and you're not allowed to refer to yourself or others in by name. So what do you what do you call people? So in the Marine Corps is. This recruit, that recruit, okay, those recruits. So you couldn't say I, you couldn't say him, you couldn't say their name or anything like that. Yeah, but so what? From what I've heard, I, obviously you you went through it. I didn't. Um, it's literally to break you down. Yeah, to and strip build you, everything. Yeah, yeah, and build you back yeah. into like a their a, idea of uh, uh, what it's supposed to be. A soldier. Yeah. Literally, yeah. Yeah. so, and that doesn't question orders and stuff, right? Right, right. So, yeah. um, man, yeah. So, uh, nah, the, that's, yeah. 
that's a lot. Dude. The guards. Like, that is a lot. Yeah. This is a lot. Like, <laughs> sorry. And by that, I'm pointing at Larry, Larry yeah. uh, when I said that is a lot. I am a lot. I'm saying, no, honestly, <laughs> Larry just, yeah. So the guards were given no specific training on how to be guards. Hmm. What could go wrong? (laughs) They, uh, they made up their own set of rules and uh, then they had a warden who was an undergrad at Stanford university. So we're going to say this guy's maybe 20, right? And he's the prison warden. Okay. They were warned of the potential seriousness of their mission and of the possible dangers in the situation they were about to enter. I don't, I don't think they were warned enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guards were dressed in identical uniforms of khaki, and they carried a whistle around their neck and a billy club borrowed from police. They were given mirrored sunglasses, preventing anyone from seeing their eyes or reading their emotions. And <laughs> picture super troopers, you know? I did, totally, dude. <laughs> and that helped to further promote their anonymity. And I thought it was cool that, like, the anonymity for the prisoners was definitely, like, a negative to, like, weaken them. Yeah. But for the guards, it's a positive, mm-hmm. you know? Well, explain. Sorry. They're hiding behind glasses. They're like, hiding behind. Like just... they're, they're stripping your ID, like identity okay. as, as, I got as you. a person. Yeah. 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 As, as the, uh, as, as, a, the as a prisoner. Inmate. Yeah. But the guards, they're like, we're going to give you all this stuff. You yeah, yeah. Basically of, you know, whatever disguise. Yeah. Okay. So we've got nine. <laughs> I literally immediately Disgust. thought about like the like glasses that come with the big nose. And it's like, <laughs> I'm a fucking God now. You know, anyway. So they start out with nine guards and nine prisoners in the jail. Um, the others were on call in case they were needed. Yeah. Um, three guards worked each of the three eight hour shifts. And then three prisoners occupied each of the three. That's so many threes. Prisoners are three to a cell, and there's three cells. Okay. There's three guards working a shift, and there's three shifts. So they're they're rotating out. They're like going home, whatever. Yeah. yeah but the, the prisoners are in there. Yeah. Nine prisoners, yeah. three three guards at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And three cells. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, the cells were so small that there was room for only three cots on which the prisoners slept or sat, with little room for anything else. Sure. At 2.30 a.m., the prisoners were rudely awakened from sleep by blasting whistles for the first of many counts. These oh, okay. seem pointless, like they, uh, which, I mean, the whole thing technically, I, I guess. I, I don't but. know. <laughs> well, so this, this is the thing. This is like hitting home over here. It's like. going to be different. <laughs> well, no, but I, I mean, it's like, I, yeah, dude, yeah. Go, say it. Say what you're going to say, because I, I, I'm agreeing. It, it's complete. No, like it's baffling me because it completely is. There are a lot of like similarities yeah. between the military and fucking yeah. being like, sure, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, incarcerated. Sorry, I was yeah. like, being well, an inmate. Well, yeah. not not necessarily. Oh, okay, like just just during the uh, boot camp period or oh, okay, or, yeah. And what? How long of a period is that? Uh, each branch is different. Um, like two, four weeks. No, the longer was 13, 13 weeks yeah. of that. Wow. Ugh. Actually, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense that it would be extended. Yeah. So yeah, Jesus, 13 weeks. That's a lot, man. Right. Well, I know I'm fucking preaching the choir. So, anyway. so um, <laughs> the counts served the purpose of familiarizing the prisoners with their numbers. Uh, they took place several times each shift, often at night, but a lot of times they just provided a regular occasion for the guards to exercise control over the prisoners. Um, 
at the start, the prisoners and the guards were all kind of like unsure about the ritual. So no one really took it too seriously. Just kind of feeling it all out. Push-ups were a common form of physical punishment imposed by the guards to punish infractions of the rules or display of improper attitudes toward the guards or the institution. So when the guys running the study saw this, they were like, it's kind of juvenile. It's like kind of a minimal form of punishment. Like, I don't really know. And then later they find out that it was really common in Nazi concentration camps. What? So like... (laughs) Physical stuff in general or specifically push-ups? Well, but I mean, like, okay, and not whatever. I'm just going to make this comment. That is a very difficult thing for a lot of people, yeah. including probably everybody I'm in this awful fucking at room. Push-ups. Like, <laughs> yeah. at this point. You know what's worse? Pull-ups. No, yeah, I can't even <laughs> do that. Like, I, I can swim you, no, you can, all day, but I fuck some You push-ups. can fucking beat the hell out of me with a riding crop, and you're not going to get more than maybe three pull-ups. <laughs> maybe five if I'm feeling real oh, frisky God. that day. If the so, fucking prongs are out. Yes, so can, do it, I have a step stool? It no. is noteworthy that one of our guards also stepped on the prisoners' backs while they did push-ups or made other prisoners sit or step on the backs of fellow prisoners doing their push-ups. So this is this is my only, like, issue with this. No, oh, you, you just one, now have just an issue? So far. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so we're being told what the, how they were being, like... Um, Treated. coached. No, no, coached in regards to like, oh, they weren't given any rules and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like we don't know what they were being told. Like, yeah, they weren't being given rules, like as the guards. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, but were they being like, look, you guys don't have to do anything, like specifically make these people's lives fucking hell. Probably. You Probably. know what I'm saying, yeah. and so it's telling like telling that to a twenty year old. Right? Well, no, no, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not defending any of this shit, but it's, no. it's, it's one of these things that it's like, okay, well, you're kind of directing it mm-hmm. if, if that's occurring, yeah, you oh. know, because it's like, okay, these people are not going to. I truly believe that the vast majority of people well, I, are I, good people. In yeah, general. well, I mean, they're yeah. given an objective. Well, right. and that's the thing. What what is yeah, the true objective? Really you know, it's like, are you just like taking care taking care of in quotation marks of these prisoners and making sure that they yeah. stay in yeah. line, well, yeah. or are you making their lives hell? And or they, like, they don't know. get into that here. They yeah. don't say what really and, they and told. Not, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm literally just like fucking throwing. Yeah, shit just out having there. thoughts. Yeah, thank you. So, Sorry, <laughs> stream of consciousness. Because the first day passed without incident, yeah. we were surprised and totally unprepared for the rebellion which broke out on the morning of the second day. The hmm. second, second day. day. All right. The prisoners removed their stocking caps, ripped off their numbers, and barricaded themselves inside their cells by putting their beds against the door. And now the problem was, what are we going to do about this rebellion? And also the guards. We're all getting mad at the other shifts of guards mm. being like, well, you let this happen. You uh, weren't strict enough. Oh, gotcha. And then just mad in general, too. So, yeah. like, great, so we're off to a great start. No, no, like, all honestly, right, day two, we're, swimmingly. We're swimming. It's crazy swimmingly. how that happens, like, in every job. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, fucking third shift. If my coworkers yeah. were any better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always somebody else's fault. Yeah. Well, right. So the guards had to handle the rebellion themselves, and what they did was fascinating for the staff to behold. At first, they insisted that reinforcements be called in. So the three guards that were waiting on standby at home came in, and the night shift of guards voluntarily remained remained on duty to bolster the morning shift. So all the guards are on duty at this point, okay? Mm -hmm. All nine. 
The so, guards, so we're a one-to-one yeah. ratio kind of thing. The guards met and decided to treat, to treat force with force. Uh, they got a fire extinguisher, which shot a stream of skin-chilling carbon dioxide, and they forced the prisoners away from the doors. Okay. The guards broke into each cell, stripped the prisoners naked, took the beds out, forced the ringleaders of the prison rebellion into solitary confinement, and generally began to harass and intimidate the prisoners. One of the guards came up with a solution. Let's use psychological tactics instead of physical ones. That's a quote. That line is a quote. Wow. Psychological tactics amounted to setting up a privilege cell. So one of those three cells was designated as a privilege cell. The three prisoners least involved in the rebellion were given special privileges. They got their uniforms back. They got their beds back. And they were allowed to wash and brush their teeth. The others were not. The privileged prisoners also got to eat special food in the presence of the other prisoners who had temporarily lost the privilege of eating. We're on day two. God damn, this escalated. We're on day fucking two, okay? (laughs) It lasted six days. God. So after half a day of this treatment... The guards then took some of these good prisoners and put them into the bad cells, and then some of the bad prisoners and put them into the good cell, thoroughly confusing all the prisoners. Some of the prisoners who were the ringleaders now thought that the prisoners from the privileged cells must be informers, so that suddenly the prisoners all started distrusting each other. Oh, this is fucking genius. And, and But the ex-con consultants told them later on that a really similar tactic is used by real guards in real prisons to break prisoner alliances. Imagine coming to that conclusion by yourself. Yeah. Like, that you didn't, like, you didn't know this because you're a weirdo that's into true crime and knows this is how prison yeah. guards work. Like, not in the 70s. Mm-hmm. No. So the, uh, the Prisoner's Rebellion also played an important role in producing greater solidarity among the guards. Um, wow. Basically, it made the guards see, like, hey, something could happen that could really cause me harm from these troublemakers. Yeah. So I'm going to step up my control, my surveillance, my aggression. We're still on day two. (laughs) Every aspect of the prisoner's behavior fell under the total arbitrary control of the guards. Even going to the toilet became a privilege, which a guard could grant or deny just on a whim. So after the nightly 10 PM lights out lockup, prisoners were often forced to urinate or defecate in a bucket that was left in their cell. And on occasion, the guards would not let them empty those buckets. And so soon the whole prison just began to fucking stink. Mm. So again, more degrading. Yeah. Yeah. The guards were especially tough on the ringleader of the rebellion, prisoner 5401. God, he's such an asshole. What a dick. 5401. <laughs> I, I saw him from day one, and yeah. he was just like... You knew. Yeah. You knew he was trouble. Yeah. He was trouble. Uh, he was a heavy smoker, and they controlled him by regulating his opportunity to smoke. We later learned, while censoring the prisoner's mail, that he was a self-styled radical activist. He had volunteered in order to expose this study... That he mistakenly thought was an establishment tool to find ways to control student radicals. Wow. So. On, he might not be all, like far off the mark. He failed successfully. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Less than 36 hours into the experiment, prisoner 8612 began suffering from acute emotional disturbance, disorganized thinking, uncontrollable crying, and rage. In spite of all this, we had already come to think so much like prison authorities that we thought that he was trying to con us and fool us into releasing him. So, so okay, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, man. Society crumbles real fast yeah. in confined spaces. Yeah. Hmm. 
Also, Wiki just had like a throwaway quote that was like, uh, this is regularly seen as uh, one of the, the least uh, humane. Uh, how did they word this? One but of, this is like, this w- one of really the least ethical. We- I'm not saying that this is not terrible. This is absolutely terrible. Yeah. But for this shit to happen within like 24, 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you you haven't even peed and pooped that much. No. To like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like. Yeah. But was there any intervention by the observers or anything like that? I mean. Doesn't sound not like so far. That. Yeah. So when their primary prison consultant interviewed prisoner 8612, the consultant chided him for Were being so weak. Were these philosophy fucking right? students? <laughs> They're like, I can't talk about my decant. Oh, and I can't talk about my fucking Socrates. Oh, is it decant? What no. Is Descartes. Descartes, yeah. yeah. Descant, yeah. No, like, it's Kant. Kant yeah. and yeah. Descartes. Gotcha. Um the consultant chided him for being so weak and told him what kind of abuse he could expect from the guards and the prisoners if he were in San Quentin prison. I'm not. I'm not. I'm in an experiment. Jeez, so 8612 dude. was then given the offer of becoming an informant in exchange for no further guard harassment. He was told to think it over. During the next count, he told the other prisoners, you can't leave. You can't quit. That sent a chilling message and heightened their sense of really being imprisoned. 8612 then began to act crazy, to scream, to curse, to go into a rage that seemed out of control. It took quite a while before we became convinced that he was really suffering and we had to release him. So the next day, we held a visiting hour for parents and friends. <laughs> we manipulated the situation and so, the visitors. Real quick, yeah. real quick. Yeah. So are we on day three we or four? I think we're three now. Three? Yeah, should be. Yeah, three. Okay. Um, visiting hour for, for parents and friends. Um they were worried that the parents would be like, this place is gross, what the fuck? So they made everybody clean, like, you gotcha. know, sparkly yeah. clean, right? Yeah. Um, they even had, like, music playing over the intercoms. <laughs> Dude, like, it's a bunch of California parents. Yeah. These kids were entitled in anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so some of the parents got upset when they saw how fatigued and distressed their sons were. But their reaction was to work within the system to appeal privately to the superintendent to make conditions better for their individual son. Which is probably right in order with, like, yep. trying to, like, whatever, be like, oh, well, you know, he's been really good. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So um, the next major event they had to contend with was a rumored mass escape plot. One of the guards <laughs> overheard that the prisoners were talking about an escape that would take place immediately after visiting hours. The rumor was that 8612, whom we had released the night before, was going to round up a bunch of his friends and break in to free the prisoners. <laughs> How do you think we reacted to this rumor? Do you think we recorded the pattern of rumor transmission and prepared to observe the impending escape? That's what we should have done <laughs> if we were acting like experimental social psychologists. But instead, we reacted with concern over the security of our prison. It's a fake prison, folks! <laughs> Dude. This is this totally has the feels of thir- the third wave. It does. It does. Third wave so good. I'm about to re-listen to that. Yeah. Um, by the way, we're talking about the third wave, um, and it was it was an experiment uh, in the '60s. Yeah. The dollop did a really good episode yeah, about it. It's a fantastic it's episode. So good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. So uh, instead, we reacted with concern over the security of our prison. So what we did was we held a strategy session with the warden, the superintendent, and one of the chief lieutenants to explain or to plan how to foil this escape. Then I went back to the Palo Alto Police Department and asked the sergeant if we could have our prisoners transferred to their old jail. 
My request was turned down because the police department would not be covered by insurance if we moved our prisoners into their jail. Sure, I get that. I left angry and disgusted at this lack of cooperation between our correctional facilities. I was now just totally into my role. <laughs> Bro, you're a professor. You're not a prison warden. Like but this is like yeah. this has those feels. Everything it's like everybody's everybody already just lost their shit. Wait, I the prison with... warden was the twenty year old. Yeah, but I'm saying like this guy's uh, oh, just yeah. like leading. Like he's well, not really a okay. yeah. Well, he's like one of the whatever. sure. He's a facilitator, board, a board member, yeah. or something mm-hmm. of the yeah, like yeah, fucking good. like yeah. Uh, parole board. How about that? <laughs> they have that later. <laughs> so then we formulated a second plan. The plan was to dismantle our jail after the visitors left, call in more guards, chain the prisoners together, put bags over their heads, and transport them to a fifth floor storage room until after the anticipated break. When the conspirators came, I would just be sitting there alone. I would tell them the experiment was over and we had sent all their friends back home so there was no one left to liberate. And after they left, we'd bring our prisoners back and we'd redouble the the security of our prison. And we even thought about luring 8612 back on some pretext and then imprisoning him again because he was released on false pretenses. Goddamn. Guys! <laughs> this is the adult. This is the man who was 38 and running the show, okay? Okay, that's... Two years older than me. Uh huh. That's not an adult. Okay, I'm just that's, kidding. I'm that's kidding. Fair. That's I'm fair. Kidding. It's a man child. Um, <laughs> so I'm sitting there alone waiting for the intruders to break in, and a colleague and a former Yale grad student roommate of mine came by. He had heard we were doing an experiment, and he came to see what was going on. I had briefly described what we were up to, and he asked me, Hey, uh, what's the independent variable on this study? <laughs> And I got really mad with him. I had a prison break on my hands. Like, the security of my men and the stability of my prison was at stake. And now I had to deal with this. This is his words. Bleeding heart, liberal, academic, effete, which means worn out, ding dong, who was concerned about the independent variable. It wasn't until much later that I realized how far into my prison role I was at that point. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like a prison superintendent rather than a research psychologist. Bro! He. How are there no people to like fucking pump the brakes on this? Right? Because they're all just in it. My God. So the rumor turned out to be just a rumor. Uh, then well, they were so mad. now they just do this. It's called Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, now, now they're mad because they put all this effort into it and they didn't even need to. So now they've decided someone's going to pay for this. Oh, wow. Great. Let's get even madder. The guards again escalated very noticeably their level of harassment, increasing the humiliation that they made the prisoners suffer, forcing them to do menial, repetitive work, such as cleaning out the toilet bowls with their bare hands. Mm. Um, Done that. I mean, at one point, it's going to be clean. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, at this point, I invited a Catholic priest. Slush it a couple times. <laughs> I invited a Catholic, <laughs> a Catholic priest who had been a prison chaplain to evaluate, evaluate how realistic our prison situation was. He interviewed each prisoner individually, and half the prisoners introduced themselves by their number rather than their name. Mm. Uh, He started telling them each that the only way to get out of prison was with the help of a lawyer. So then he volunteered to contact their parents to get legal aid if they wanted him to, and several of them took him up on it. The, uh, the only prisoner who did not want to speak to the priest was prisoner 819, who was feeling sick, had refused to eat, and wanted to see a doctor rather than a priest. Eventually, he was persuaded to come out of his cell and talk to the priest and superintendent so we could see what kind of doctor he needed. While talking to us, he broke down and began to cry hysterically, uh, just as the other two boys we had released earlier. I don't know about the other one. I, yeah, I, right. They just glossed over that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I said I'd get him some food and I'd take him to see a doctor. 
While I was doing this, one of the guards lined up all the other prisoners and had them chant aloud, Prisoner 819 is a bad prisoner. Because mm-hmm. of what Prisoner 819 did, my cell is a mess, Mr. Correctional Officer. They shouted this in unison a dozen times. As soon as I realized 819 could hear the chanting, I raced back to the room where I had left him, and I found a boy sobbing uncontrollably while in the background his fellow prisoners were yelling that he was a bad prisoner. Okay, so how long did they practice this chant before they were all in unison? That's a lot to memorize, like, right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's... Maybe but, they had it written down. I don't yeah. Know. Oh, that's a good, yeah. So even, I don't know. It, it, if, you're, if the option is chant this in unison... Or do or whatever like, the punishment yeah, is. or, like, fucking a thousand push-ups or, yeah. you know, whatever, like, eat the doo-doo out of the toilet bowl <laughs> or something. I don't know. So through his tears, ah. he said he could not leave because the others had labeled him a bad prisoner. Even though he was feeling sick, he wanted to go back and prove that he was not a bad prisoner. So at that point, I said, listen, you are not 819. You are his name, and yep. my name is Dr. Zimbardo. Zimbardo. I am a Mango. psychologist. <laughs> you mispronounced it. So. I'm a psychologist, <laughs> not a prison superintendent. This is not a real prison. This is an experiment. Those are students, not prisoners, just like you. Let's go. And he stopped crying, and he looked at me like a small child awakened from a nightmare, and he said, okay, let's go. So the next day, all the prisoners who thought they had grounds for being paroled were chained together and individually brought before the parole board that ah, was composed nice. mainly of people who were strangers to the prisoners. Uh, <laughs> when we asked them, departmental secretaries and graduate students who were inevitably just pissed off, <laughs> weirdos, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> underappreciated under and people that had just been around way too fucking long. Yeah. So. <laughs> so when we asked the prisoners whether they would forfeit the money that they had earned up to that time if we were to parole them, most of them said yes. Then, when we ended the hearings by telling prisoners to go back to their cells while we considered their requests, every prisoner obeyed, even though they could have obtained the same result by just quitting the experiment. Mm. Why did they obey? Because they felt powerless to resist. So then um, they also experienced an, an unexpected metamorphosis of the prison consultant as he adopted the role of head of the parole board. He uh, later, after everything, realized that he felt sick at who he had become, his own tormentor who had previously rejected his annual parole request for 16 years while he was a prisoner. This is... Go ahead. This entire time, they obviously had a safe word that they could get out at any point in time. I don't think it was a safe word. I think they just could ask. They they could just say, hey, I'm done. But no one did it? Yeah. Well, so... Well, a couple couple of them did. We just went through that. Well, yeah, they were acting like weird though. They had yeah. mental break, breakdowns. Yeah. Okay. So this dude uh, that was uh, whatever previously rejected his uh, his annual parole request, dude. The the fucking like offender becomes the or yeah. I'm sorry, the offendee becomes the offender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. You, you know, because yeah. it's it's like that that. Um, Oh my God, the cycle of like uh, abuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it's like, dude, if you get abused, you're more likely to abuse yeah. kind of thing, which is, uh, it's so weird. It's, it's this so, is in- all so weird. Yeah. So, uh, so we're in the fifth day now. Okay. We're getting, we're getting near the end, I swear. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Uh, absolutely I know that's I'm like I can't believe you guys didn't know about this yeah. I'm gonna bring more things like this to cover because yeah. I'm I'm so into this hey, also I you, just love a presentation if you wanna do <laughs> flipping third wave I think I will oh my god anyway I think god, I will sorry. I really need to do Attica too yeah. if I ever read that beast of a book <laughs> um 
There were three types of guards. One, tough but fair, followed the prison rules. Two, the good guys who did favors for prisoners and didn't punish them. Three, about a third of the guards were hostile, arbitrary, and inventive in their humiliations. Those guards appeared to thoroughly enjoy the power that they wielded, yet none of the preliminary personality tests were able to predict this behavior. The only link between personality and prison behavior was a finding that prisoners with a high degree of authoritarianism said that right, okay, Mm -hmm. endured our authoritarian prison environment longer than did the other prisoners. So... Do you think that uh, this breakdown of the one, two, and three for prison guards, yeah. do you think that, I know that's a super small, like, sample group. Yeah. But, like, do you think that those percentages are even remotely accurate, extrapolating out to, like, just people in general? Just, like, well, in Well, this in was also to, 50 years ago. True. I true. wonder if people would be the same now. Yeah. I don't know. I bet this would go, not completely, but quite different now. Mm -hmm. You think so? Probably. But they would never do this now because. (laughs) Well, yeah. Get canceled immediately. Yeah, they should. Yeah. So. um, (laughs) 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 Yes. The prisoners prisoners even nicknamed the most macho and brutal guard in our study, John Wayne. (laughs) Later, we learned that the most notorious guard in a. Nazi prison near Buchenwald was named Tom Mix, which was the John Wayne of an earlier generation, because of his Wild West cowboy macho image and abusing camp inmates. Ah. So where had our John Wayne learned to become such a guard? How could he and others move so readily into that role? How could intelligent, mentally healthy, ordinary men become perpetrators of evil so quickly? These were all questions we were forced to ask. Yeah, and... The fact that it was in the 70s, so they didn't have access to, like, YouTube to, like, go home and be like, how to be a fucking prison guard yeah. or whatever. So it was literally so weird. Just, just thrown into this. Yeah. yeah. That's so bizarre, man. Um, one prisoner developed a psychosomatic rash over his entire body when he learned that his parole request had been turned down. Again, you can leave. You can just leave. Like, yeah. this isn't real, you know? By yeah, but, I mean, like. five days. Yeah. <laughs> You lost your mind. Well, and that's that's why I'm like it's scary, man. It's terrifying. It, it is. It is. <laughs> I just, man, I know that. And these are smart people. They're fucking. They're Stanford students. Like, okay, I'm sorry, but how do you that's, think you, that's okay. where I'll disagree? How, how with do you? Well, they're not all students <laughs> there. How, how do you think you would fare? How do I think that I would fare? Yeah. Not uh, well. No, I like honestly. I think it would be really rough. And honestly, I would probably get. Um, I'd try to. I'd probably try to befriend a guard. I'd probably try to find one of the good guy guards. Yeah, but thing. then then your other prisoners you are going to call you a narc. Yeah, but do you think you would get but lost I, in the reality of it? Um, I don't know, man. Like, so I think this is, if everybody is, else did, it would fuck with me. And I for agree. Sure, yeah, sure. if I don't have any 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 kind of like person, that something to like anchor keep, you. Yeah, yeah, keep, yeah. That it's like, hey, man, I'm not crazy, right? Yeah. You know, uh, you know what I'm saying. Those are we usually the first. ones that are. If they're yeah. asking. Well, no, but you know what I'm saying is, it's like, okay, I, I would be like, all right, this is like, let's fuck compare some notes shit. how we feel, and just so that we yeah. can ground each other. Yeah. This, yeah. this is fucking weird, yeah. isn't it? We're not in a simulation, right? Yeah, like, yeah. we're getting out. I think that that's kind of like asking. Asking the question of like, oh, you know, um, for instance, if somebody was, yeah, it's like, uh, do do I think that I, I think that my knee jerk reaction would be to, if they came after Megan or Finn, Mm -hmm. 
it would be cut and dry. If they sure. came after me, it would be a lot more gray area. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's like, well, can I disarm them? And I'm talking about the breaking in yeah. kind of thing. Can I disarm them or whatever? I see somebody going at my child. I don't know if they have something, You're whatever. Just I'm just going to fucking shoot sure. them, sure. period. So, yeah. by the way, don't break in my house. Um, <laughs> but, like, but it, it, it's just one of those things that it's like, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, doing a whole lot of calculating yeah. when it comes to Megan and Finn. Mm-hmm. For me, I would calculate more or attempt to cal- calculate more. I think about your own like self preservation. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like can I can I try to like stop this person without like hurting them? To be honest, yeah. What's the term I'm looking but, for? Um, you you'd like run a risk analysis and have like factor how much risk. Yeah, but but I mean like with Finn, it's. Yeah, You're I mean, it's like, it's a child, a, a, a hu- a, an adult going at a child sure. that I'm just like, all I care about is stopping that person, yeah. whether yeah. or not it, you know, yeah, I don't matter at that point. Mm-hmm. And same with Megan. But anyway. So uh, by, the, by the end of the study, the prisoners were disintegrated, both as a group and as individuals. There was no longer any group unity, just a bunch of isolated individuals hanging on, much like prisoners of war or hospitalized mental patients. The guards had won total control of the prison, and they commanded the blind obedience of each prisoner. We did see one final act of rebellion. Here we go. Prisoner 416 was newly admitted as one of our standby prisoners. Unlike the other prisoners who had experienced a gradual escalation of harassment, this prisoner's horror was full-blown when he arrived. Mm. The old-timer prisoners told him that quitting was impossible, that it was a real prison. Mm. He coped by going on a hunger strike to force his release. Fuck. Uh-huh. Just immediately <laughs> yep. sucked into it. After several unsuccessful attempts to get him to eat, the guards threw him into solitary confinement for three hours, even though their own rules stated that one hour was the limit. Still, 416 refused to eat. The others saw him as a troublemaker. The head guard then exploited this feeling by giving prisoners a choice. They could have 416 come out of solitary if they were willing to give up their blanket, or they could leave him in solitary all night. What do you think they chose? They uh, gave blankets. No, no, <laughs> yeah. Most of them elected to of keep. Not. No, most of them elected to keep their blanket and let their fellow prisoners suffer in solitary all night. Which again is two foot by two foot. Like you, you can't. Homeboy even, just got there. Yeah. Jeez, dude. Don't disobey. So they intervened later and they returned him to his cell. Mm-hmm. On the fifth night, some visiting parents asked me to contact a lawyer in order to get their son out of prison. They said a Catholic priest had called them and told them they should get a lawyer or a public defender if they wanted to bail their son out. I called the lawyer as requested, and he came the next day to interview the prisoners with a standard set of legal legal questions, even though he too knew it was an experiment. Yeah. At this point, it became clear that we just had to end the study. The prisoners were withdrawing and behaving in pathological ways, some of the guards were behaving sadistically. Um, Jesus. <laughs> I, I ended the study prematurely for two reasons. First, we had learned through videotapes that the guards were escalating their abuse of prisoners in the middle of the night when they thought none of the researchers were watching mm. and that the experiment was off. Their boredom had driven them to ever more pornographic and degrading abuse of the prisoners. Wow. I wish they elaborated on that. Whoa. So... <clears throat> Do you think that this, like, do you think this really is an accurate thing that occurs now? Like, with prison guards. And oh, like, yeah. Like, dude, 
And I'm not I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying that it doesn't occur, but I would think this would be the exception more than the rule kind of thing. And and maybe I'm just giving people too much credit, but I, mean, like, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't I don't think that there are that many people that are just looking to torment am I gonna, other people. Am I gonna say there. that there is no so. overuse of power and authority in a prison system? No, I completely agree. Am I saying yeah. that everyone is like that? No. I'm asking right. you if the majority. Mm, I don't know. I can't speak to that. I would think. Well, probably, no, I'm just. I'm I just. Would, asking. I would assume probably not, but yeah. I would think a lot of them. I think too many. Too many for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, any is too many. Yeah. You and know. I, you and know, I, agree, but, I agree. But for sure, yeah. It's it's just like this because this is. And whatever you, you can you can think that I'm like trying to like uh, uh, whatever defend whatever I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the fact that it's like they put this shit on fucking like steroids. Yeah. yeah. That it's like oh no no you can go to the bathroom blindfolded. Yeah. Or and and plus chained they were together. allowed chained together. Yeah. They were allowed to make their own rules. Yeah. Um, which. In all actuality, do I think that prison guards uh, adhere to the fucking rules all the time? No. Absolutely but not. But they've definitely got like, more structure than this, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I would that, think. I think I that mean, probably helps think. a lot. I see, I see prisoners on TikTok all the fucking time. Yeah. So uh, this this is <laughs> crazy that uh-huh. it's like you can take a, uh, a I'm just going to say a fucking normal college student because right. that's pretty much what that we're That was the aim, with, yeah. Right. And you can break them yeah. in hours. Yeah, yeah. That's literally what was proven. Yeah. It seems like. So he so, said he anyway. had the, the two reasons for ending it. Um, yeah, that sorry. was the first. No, you're fine. That was the first. The second, Christina Maslock, a recent Stanford PhD, brought in to conduct interviews with the guards and the prisoners, strongly objected when she saw her prisoners being marched on a toilet run, bags over their heads, leg, legs chained together, hands on each other's shoulders. She said, like, what like what, what? the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Out of 50 or more outsiders who had seen our prison, she was the only one who ever questioned its morality. Wow. I would really just love to know how many women were involved in this experiment because, like, from my reading of all mm-hmm. this, yeah. she's like, the only mention of any woman other than some of the moms of his Yeah. But the question is, <laughs> would you want your name even remotely close to right? this? Right. And I mean, like, honestly, I'd say there's a lot of people that were like, no, you know, Dr. Mangala, you're doing a great job. Like, you know, and then it's like, whoa, Dr. Mangala, (laughs) I got to go out of town for a few weeks. But it's like how many women were even in higher ed in in the 70s? And and, and I'm taking it further than even just the women. I think there were more people involved that don't want to fucking have their name even remotely close to this shit. After it turned out how sure. it did, obviously. So. Um, so after only six days, our planned two-week prison simulation was called off. On the last day, we held a series of encounter sessions, first with all the guards and then with all the prisoners, including those that have been released earlier, and then finally with the guards and the prisoners and the staff all together. We did this in order to get everyone's feelings out in the open, to recount what we had observed in each other and ourselves, and to share our experiences, which to each of us had been quite profound. Um, and they don't really get into like I, w- I want those interviews. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. that sure. might be out there. There's documentaries I, and stuff. Yeah, I want to know if they were monitored afterwards, like a follow up, like had like just they, like making sure little, like middle I have a little. Two months after the study, here is the reaction of prisoner four sixteen, the one who went into uh, solitary because he was on the mm-hmm. hunger strike. 
I began to feel that I was losing my identity, that the person that I called Clay, the person who put me in this place, the person who had volunteered to go in this prison, because it was a prison to me, it still is a prison to me. I don't regret, I don't regard it as an experiment or a simulation because it was a prison run by psychologists instead of run by the state. I feel, I began to feel that that identity, the person that I was that had decided to go to prison was distant from me, was remote until I finally felt I wasn't that. I was 416. I was really my number. And then they've got a quote from an actual prisoner. That just gave me chills, yeah. man. I don't like that. Don't <laughs> then they've like got a quote from an actual prisoner from an Ohio penitentiary after being held in solitary confinement. He's like, dude, these guys had it easy. Yeah, no, well. Okay, had zebras and shit. Yeah. <laughs> zebras, yeah. So this guy was held in solitary confinement for an inhumane amount of time. They don't even say how long? His quote does. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You're fine. You're fine. Because I was like, how long? Yeah. I was recently released from solitary confinement after being held therein for 37 months. What the fuck? The silence system was imposed upon me, and if I even whispered to the man in the next cell, it resulted in being beaten by guards, sprayed with chemical mace, blackjacked. I don't know what that is, and I chose not to look it up. Mm. It's it's basically a rod that's wrapped in uh, leather, I believe. A metal rod wrapped in leather. Pretty right. sure, and it's like a smart, a smart. Wow, what is that <laughs> word? Smart? A short thing. What? How what? Did, I, I what happened just now? <laughs> like, did my eyes go cross when I said that word? I think so. Um, but it's a, it's a short thing that they would like people would take in their jackets and stuff, sure, so that sure. you can like wear somebody out. But it's easily concealable. Sure. <laughs> I only have three. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so if he even whispered to the guy beside him, he got that um, stomped and thrown into a strip cell naked. Strip cell naked. He worded that weird. Yeah. Uh, naked to sleep on a concrete floor without bedding, covering a wash basin or even a toilet. I know that thieves must be punished. I don't justify stealing, even though I'm a thief myself. But now I don't think I will be a thief when I'm released. No, I'm not rehabilitated either. It's just that I no longer think of becoming wealthy or stealing. I now only think of killing, killing those who have beaten me and treated me as if I were a dog. I hope and pray for the sake of my own soul and future life of freedom that I am able to overcome the bitterness and hatred, which eats daily at my soul. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah. So then uh, they, so do you think that, uh, and I'm sorry, I know I'm like belaboring, but it kind of makes me wonder if, okay, so, uh, Someone gets out of jail with these feelings. Yeah. Do you, I wonder if they get misdirected and then they end up, you know, whatever, killing someone else or whatever, just because it's like they have all of this. Yeah. Sure. That they're really not going to have the access to like kill a prison guard. Right. Because. Yeah. Good luck. But if, if you like cut in front of them at Walgreens. Yeah. yeah. Might, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And that it's like, the it's just this thing. Fucking walked yeah. into Little Caesars with a shotgun. Yeah. 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 Bam. Um, so this study was terminated on August 20th, 1971. The next day there was an alleged escape attempt at San Quentin. Um, less than a month later, prisons made more news when a riot erupted at Attica prison Mm. in New York. And 13 years after that, my brother was born. (laughs) (laughs) One of the major demands of the prisoners at Attica was that they be treated like human beings. After observing our simulated prison for only six days, we could understand how prisons dehumanize people, turning them into objects and instilling in them feelings of hopelessness. And as for guards, we realized that even ordinary people could readily be transformed from the good Dr. Jekyll to the evil Mr. Hyde. And I looked up Attica. um, 
There were 33 inmates killed, only mm-hmm. three of those by other inmates, and 10 correctional officers killed, nine of those by other correctional officers. Fascinating. So that is a whole other training's kind of not an issue. Yeah. <laughs> I, need to, I need to cover that at some point. That is so newsworthy. Yeah. Um, so the question is now how to change our institutions so that they promote human values rather than destroy them. I think that's such a good way to put that. Mm. Sadly, in the decades since this experiment took place, prison conditions and correctional policies in the U.S. have become even more punitive and destructive. Um, I don't know what years he's referring to in his notes here, but he's saying, like, it's gotten worse. There's over 2 million people in jail or prison by 2005, so obviously that's dated. But, like, God. And, you know, this is fucking 52 years ago, and we're not any better. Well, that's because of the privatization of... of prisons and like the whole goal is to keep your numbers up so like y- you are breeding reoffenders. yeah like they're not gonna they're not gonna they don't care walk, it was yeah. it's never been about well, got, rehabilitation you know. well and and you've got people that are like that might be uh, incarcerated for like a lesser crime mm-hmm. that are end up either like hooking up with somebody that's more intense yeah. or whatever and it's like oh we're you know we're breeding more crime yeah but i think that's by design I mean, look at that guy. Yeah, he was in honestly. there for being a, a thief. Yeah. Gets put in solitary for 37 months. Mm. Yeah, like, dude. That's oh, just, it's, it's gnarly, it's, man. It's beyond. Sorry, yeah. that was not a very uplifting story, but um, no, no. God damn, is it fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't believe y'all didn't know that. Like, I, No, no, I, I didn't know this at all. I didn't know like, all the details. Like, yeah. Plus, it's been years since I've been taught it in any situation, but yeah. man, what a time. So That's fascinating. crazy, dude. I'm gonna start doing more of these little individual little deep dives. No, like please. So, like the only <laughs> the only thing that I can do is teach you guys about tardigrades. So. <laughs> come in I here might, with my I scuba should, gear. I'll <laughs> eventually do one about Attica, but I've been saying that for like a year already. So uh, we'll see. Well, that's a lot. Like Attica, it's, it's a well, lot. The, the I book, don't know about Attica. The so. book that I bought is like 600 really? yeah. pages of like oh, it's yeah, heavy. It's, it's, uh, it's we'll see. We'll get there. All right. Well, wow. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Like, I'm surprised. How did you long. not even? How did you not? Wow! Almost an hour. Well, we did. Yeah, we almost went an hour. Cool. Man. Um. All right. Well, thank you, Allie. Yeah. Holy hell, that was awesome. Thanks for playing along, dude. Fuck yeah. Um, Please, if you listen to this episode, tell me what you think. Yes, and shoot it to tetherradio at gmail.com. That's t e t h e r r a d i o at gmail.com. Did you like the fact that Allie took uh, a hot minute to like inform you about? About the fucking crazy antics that went down in the Stanford prison experiment. You make it sound like it was all joyful and shit. The crazy <laughs> antics these boys got into. I don't know. I'm They're trying to bring crazy. some. I'm trying to bring some crazy. levity to it. I, okay, I could cry. <laughs> Did you, were you guys as torn up as I was about oh the Stanford prison experiment? I mean, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. Okay. Well, in that case, Stanford prison experiment. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let us know what you guys thought. I already told you where to send that jazz. Uh, you can hit us up on all the socials. Um, yeah. I think that's it. I think so. Yeah. Is, so, uh, obviously, if you're listening to this now, you've already checked out Untethered on Wednesday. Uh, this be was sure- Untethered. 
I know. Oh, no, that's what, okay. That's okay. what I just said. All right. Okay. <laughs> I was no. thinking you were referring to the first See, episode. that's what happens when you talk too much. We've all lost our minds. No, no, I'm just no, like, I like talk, long. and then I'm like, don't even realize what I'm saying Wait, at that point. am I being detained? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right. Oh, you need to go to the bathroom? Put this blindfold Fuck. on. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, check Girls out the full... <laughs> Check out the full episode. <laughs> Am I being blindfolded? <laughs> uh, check out the full episode on Monday. I'm sorry. You're welcome. And uh, this was episode 85 of Untethered. I'm Daniel. I'm Allie. I'm Larry. And we thank you so much for joining us for right around an hour. I'm going to go ahead and give this to Allie because she deserves it. You ready for this? Yeah. Oh, no. No. Uh Oh, 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 I was on the wrong one. Here we go. Yay! You crushed it. Absolutely (laughs) crushed it. So, hope you guys have a fan-fucking-tastic weekend. And until then, take it easy, friendos. Bye. Bye.